Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. All right, man, we are finally here. Awesome. This is excited to be here. Really excited. We have been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, this is weeks in the making. A whole lot of, I guess, busyness just going yeah, on. Schedules. Well, welcome everyone to Frontline, podcast on uh, servant leadership in a nutshell. Yeah, and I'm excited uh, to put this content out because I know I tune into a lot of apostolic content, and that's what you're kind of if you're listening now that you're listening to is um, two apostolic men that are going to dive into servant leadership, um, and uh, I'm going to use my uh, military experience that I have obtained over 20 years um, and or coming up on 20 years. I'm sorry. I'm giving me myself credit for time I haven't served yet, but I will be 20 years this December. But I'm going to be using that experience and kind of bring it. And then also what I'm learning um, just, you know, through my walk with God and also just being in the ministry now with uh, Pastor Chavez. Right. So I'm Pastor Chavez. I've got uh, probably a little over 20 years ministry experience now, about 15 years, medically retired from the Army. Um, and I'm going to try to bring a different spin, I guess, on some things. And uh, Brother Jesse Pena is the assistant for here at, at Faith Mountain. Um, we are really excited about this. So we're going to introduce you to us, give you a little bit of background uh, for us for this first episode. Then we're probably going to talk about one of the concepts of servant leadership, we're, and uh, then we'll dive into the next episode next time around. You'll hear us, but we're super excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're just getting the, hangs of the hang of this, so you're going to have to forgive us on some of our antics. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got some cool stuff to do, uh, and so let's let's dive in. Introduce to you, Brother Jesse Pena, Air Force, just flying in. Oops. Wrong one. <laughs> These are the kings. Oh, that was, <laughs> Come on. That was tight. Okay. Yeah, move with some Air Force stuff. We're going to try this again. So, <laughs> Air Force flying in. There we go. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, just a little bit about myself. I was uh, born and raised in Fresno. Uh, joined, enlisted in the military at 18 years old. Uh, that actually, a lot of people ask me, like, well, why did you join? Um, I literally tried to get a job at Taco Bell. Burger King and McDonald's. I gave them resumes and everything. I did not get picked up. So in the your Air, face, the Air Force took in it. your face McDonald's, in your face Taco wow. Bell and Burger King. I'm, I'm you know, yeah, I mentioned earlier. I got you 19. can't flip burgers, but we'll we'll <laughs> yeah, let you in the Air me, Force. Right? They'll allow me to fix airplanes. That's right. <laughs> but that's what I am. I'm an aircraft mechanic in the military. Um, been stationed out in Florida. That was my first duty assignment. I was on F-15s there. Um, I always say that's God's airplane. It's one of the coolest airplanes around. Um, Went, came out here to California, worked on some uh, RPAs out there, and then also in New Mexico as well. Um, What's and an RPA? A remotely piloted aircraft. Yes. So uh, it's it's uh, basically what people will call drones. Um, they operate similar but different, but uh, that's what I worked on in California and Florida. I'm sorry, California and New Mexico. 
and uh, I've been married for 13 years now, um, and that's just kind of myself. I got four kids, and that's myself in, in a nutshell, if you will. Uh, been, I got baptized in 2009, and uh, yeah, that's, that's oh. pretty much me. So you went in as an E1, yes, right? Started and from now the you are a... I'm a E7 in the military, a master so, sergeant in the uh, United States Air Force. In the Air Force. So you're right. going on 20 years. He got stationed here um, in California City at Faith Mountain. It would have been last October? Yeah, October 2022 is when we uh, PCSed over here from New Mexico. So Right on. And it, it really was a working of God for us here at this church Amen. for me. Um, him and his family coming here was an absolute godsend. And so uh, not long after that, we asked him to be, I asked him to be our assistant here, my assistant here. And um, it, it has been an amazing journey since October of last year with uh, Brother Jesse and his wife and his family. They're a great addition, and we're super excited. Um, well, the Air Force will fly out. <laughs> And in will march the army. There right? you go. So here we go. That's, that's my cue. So I love it. I I enlisted into the army. It would have been in 94. I got out in 99. A lot of stuff went on. I got married in 1999. Uh, <clears throat> I went back. I was recalled in 08. Um, got injured. I was training soldiers, got injured, just making a really long story short. Um, but I was one of the assistants, um, one of the lay ministers there in our local church. My wife was the music director there. God had a lot of other plans. Um, long story short, I got injured. It would have been in 2012. And then I served, I was a, I was a master trainer um, training soldiers for pre-deployment in the Army. Um, been through a lot of different schools that I imagine we'll all talk about uh, for a while. But uh, when I got injured, I couldn't train soldiers anymore. So I got stationed with youth groups with a youth program called Youth and Community Programs Task Force. Um, it's a federal program ran by this ran by the state. Each state has their own youth program. Um, this was over in Paso Robles, is where we lived. The program was in San Luis Obispo here in California. And then um, once my full medical discharge went through, that actually took all the way to 2016. So January 2016, I got fully discharged, honorably discharged, but it was it was medical. Um, and then we went into full-time ministry. I was working in ministry the whole time. So I was assisting Brother Webb there. I was working in, in Corcoran. Um, in the ministry there. My wife was the music director there. Um, but we went full-time ministry right after, right a day after my discharge. So not even a day after the discharge, uh, an elder called me uh, or called my pastor at that time for a revival. And uh, my pastor said, it just so happens he's available. <laughs> just so happens. And so we started evangelizing. We went full-time. Um, and then I took the church here in Cal City, uh, California City, in it would have been 20, 2020. Yeah, in 2020, in August of 2020, we took the church. We became pastor here. We started off in a revival actually in February, and COVID hit. And so pretty Terrible wild. Time. Yeah, it was, it was a tough time. Um, but 
we got installed as pastor, and God has just blessed us with revival over and over again. Um, I want to make you circle back, Pastor, just because I had to answer it earlier, but what, what made you enlist into the Army? Oh, really? No, that Man, was a long time ago. But It was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, my own personal family life, family life was pretty rough. Um, I wasn't doing real well. I wasn't doing good in school. I was a wrestler in high school, but I, I had just gotten into a lot of trouble, and I wanted to get away from the bad things that were going on. Um, I wanted to get away from life, really, and thought that the Army could do that. And it turned out the Army didn't do that. It just made things worse for me personally. Um, someone says there's there's a discipline in the Army. Here's the truth. If you're apostolic, don't think about enlisting. There is no discipline in the military. It doesn't take discipline for someone to do push-ups and sit-ups and be told what to do and yelled at. You know, it really takes discipline is to live for God. Um that takes discipline, and so you want you want discipline in your life. Go to church, obey your man of God, Amen, do yeah. what's right. But that's why I enlisted, and so um, was just to try to get away. Uh, but I did get out in '99. That's a different story for a different time. But um, and then ended up going back in '08, and that wasn't of my own choice. But again, a different story for a different time. But that's why I, I just. Need to, I wanted awesome. to get away. Yeah, yeah, and I'm blessed. Uh, I I think that you know you said uh, you know you make you made mention of you encourage uh, young men. Hey, uh, you know if you're already baptized, and you're saved, and you're working in the church and you're doing things. I I count that as a high honor. I was I was glad the day that I was saved in 2009. That began my journey uh, walking with the Lord and and learning these things. And and yeah, a, a lot of things I, I notice they cross over very much so. From the military to um, just even a, you know being a faithful saint in the church, which you know that's where I started, just trying to make my my uh, mark and just being faithful and and talking to myself every day. Hey, just show up to church, be there at church, um, listen to the preaching, respond to the preaching, whatever it is. But it's just interesting how um, just as there's a growing process as you begin to live for God, it's very much so the same way in the military. You don't just come in. I mentioned earlier, I'm an E seven. I didn't start out there. I had a I had to learn how to follow before I could learn how to to lead and do things right. of that of that caliber. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm by no means against the service. I'm fully fully supportive Amen. of the service yeah. and all that. Um, I just think as far as an apostolic goes, you know, if you're in the church now, there's so much else that you can do um, to go and 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 you know to try to establish your life. But at the same time, a lot of my leadership experience in the service absolutely transferred over. Right. Um, and, and so much, I mean, you, I was, I, I was a senior ranking NCO as well, but it, it, it absolutely transfers over, but it took a lot to get to that point where I really understood what it was. Paul says himself that endure hardness like a good soldier. So it, it's obvious that the, the, the worlds, they correlate, they cross over completely. That's it. That's me in a nutshell. So let's, let's maybe get into a little bit of the topic for this first one. Right. Um, we're really excited about this topic. This is something I have prayed about for a really long time. I have thought about this and prayed about this, and I've actually had several pastors and elders that have talked to me, not just about the podcast, but about this leadership um, more, because it's not really just leadership. I, I really came to understand this. I started looking up leader in the Bible and the term alone by itself is not really there. Uh, 
And anything that relates, correlates close to this actually translates kind of into dictator. And right. um, I thought to myself really in, in, in discovering this topic that we're doing for this first season or whatever you want to call it, however long God decides to, to bring this out. But servant leader. Servant leader is huge. It's a different concept than leadership. It is a completely, almost in ways night and day, concept opposite of, of leadership. Servant leadership right. and leadership are really much, much different. And, and Jesus really brings this out. He, he brings this out, you know, at when he washes his disciples' feet and he serves them. Um, he brings us out in the crucifixion. So this, this topic is huge and I don't think it's discussed a lot, uh, either in the apostolic church or in the secular world. Um, Leadership is discussed everywhere. Yeah. I was doing some research just when you started talking about this is what we want to do, um, this podcast, and spend a couple of um, episodes or whatever it may be talking about this. But I, I want to say they said it was a fairly new concept that if you look for book titles, and this is from a book that we're both reading right now, The Servant, uh, it, it mentioned that when he did a research uh, for a book title that I think there was only in, I want to say, I might be misquoting the year, but I'm going to go ahead and just say 2000. There's eight titles, and I'll correct myself later if I have to, but there was eight titles. But then when they looked um, nowadays, there's so many more books on servant leadership. Right. So it is a very popular style of leadership that is kind of now, starting it's grown. to catch. Yes, yeah, sir. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think – I don't know if it was – yeah, it might have been 2000. I can't remember. We'll have to look that up again. But I think now or maybe when he in – the, in the book, he says that in – I don't know if it's 2008 or 2010 right. that he says there's some, you know, 4,000 or something like that as far as on servant leadership. Right. But when he first started going, but this goes back oh so much further, even though we're going to talk about the book, The Servant, phenomenal book, recommend it. Highly recommend. You got to listen to it. Um, if you're interested in this kind of leadership, it, it, you, you've got to listen to it. This is, it's, a, it's a great read and listen, it's on Audible, um, but uh, I mean, this goes back so much further. I mean, Jesus Christ, the apostles, the Old Testament, servant leadership was just a, uh, Moses. Servant leadership was the way to go. But where we're going to start it off on is is this book, um, The Servant. And can you look up the author real quick so I, I give yeah, that I out? <laughs> um, because I think people James need James C. Hunter. James C. Hunter, The Servant. Phenomenal book. It's not a long read. It's a short read. If if you're a listener, you'll listen. It's like five hours. Um, I was on a two and a half hour drive one way, five hours the way. We listened to it, me and my family, my wife and my boys. We listened to it all the way there and all the way back yeah. in one trip. And I've listened to it again since then. But it, it's a great book. You're gonna want to read it. Um, it. It's I really really enjoyed his concept and. Um, me and Brother Jesse were talking about it. We practice a lot of these things. Right. We practice a lot in the, in, when we were in the service and or in the military and even here in ministry, being a pastor. We practice so much of this, but he does such a great job of putting into words um, these concepts. And the one we want to bring to you today, um, the difference between power and authority. There is a huge difference between power and authority. 
And he defines this, he, he, he starts this power is the ability to force someone to do your will. And he uses this example, like, do it or I will, you'll get fired. Do it or you'll get beat up. <laughs> do it yeah, or... Right at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever it is. Consequence. Cons- there's, a, there's a severe consequence, and it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not, um, you're going to do it, period. Right. You want your job, you're going to do this. And he talks about power. And I thought, man, what... Doing something because somebody you have power, making someone to do something because you have power over them. In in, in a way, I, I I suppose the the writer of this book he says it works, but it doesn't work very long. Right? It's not something that works very long to to just exercise power over people. Um, eventually, that dies, and he says this in the book that it erodes the relationship. Yeah, it, yeah, it deteriorates. Uh affects it negatively for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 after a while people are just going to stop following you or they're just going to stop doing what you ask. I can imagine even in a job. Yeah. Right? Um, Actually, if you'd like I have an example to share. I don't want you to lose your boy. train of thought, but uh, just to I mentioned earlier uh in my younger days of my career, uh, I was I was stationed in, in Florida and uh I was basically uh you know, assistant dedicated crew chief is a is a title, but basically all I did was whatever I was told to do to work on the on the F-15s and all that. Um, we had a, a influx of higher ranking. They were tech sergeants, so they would be E6s um, that came in. And typically those guys are managers. They kind of tell me what to do. But this guy was from a different uh, career field. So he was placed in here. And um, I remember seeing his rank and, and to me, um, at that that experience in that day in my career, it was uh, it was something I, I definitely noticed when he came out on the flight line. He was working alongside him, with me, and that's very unique because um, again, like I said, I do all the if you will, if you would call it grunt work, I would do all the day to day taskings, whatever they were. But this gentleman, uh, his name's Paul Johnson. I'm gonna give him a shout out if he ever chooses to listen. He taught me something very valuable. Um, was that he? It, one of the statements he had made when I took him alongside, he was like, "Hey, show me everything you do, and I'm going to do it." And I was blown away wow. at this concept because yeah. I'm thinking like, and I and I remember telling him, I told him like, "Well, sir, um, I do those jobs. Like, that's like I service the oil. I I get all hot and sweat. Like, I do that. Like, that's my that's my job. Tech sergeants, you guys normally just kind of manage and and tell me what to right, do. Right. And he was like, "Well, here's the thing though, is like um I'm new here, right? So he had the power just in my eyes, he had the ability to wield Absolutely. that power and tell me, "Hey, go do this." Right. And uh instead he used kind of this different type of leadership style that caught me off guard, but it's it's always stuck with me um just even when I and I use it in my day-to-day uh career, or my career. Uh, he kind of used this, uh, he flipped it on me and said, hey, I'm going to do it. You're going to watch me do it and tell me if I'm doing it wrong. And because I was right. an expert at that, that day-to-day um, you know, routine, he used that. So it was, it's always stuck with me. But he had the power to tell me, hey, go do this. Um, but he used it differently. And it's motivating. It's, right. it's motivating to have um, your leader with you doing it with you rather than just exercising his power saying you're going to do it right. because I said you're going to do it. I don't need to do your job or know your job. You just do it. But someone saying, 
you know, I'm going to go out there and do that with you or show me how to do it. I want to learn how to do what you're doing. And they're a senior to you of some yeah, kind. Of course. It's super motivating. It makes in you rank, wanna, for sure. Yeah, in rank. Yeah. It makes you want to work harder for them. I, I gained a great level of respect for this gentleman where we, I, I know we're going to walk into it, but the authority, like I would do whatever he asked me to do because I know he'll get down and do the grunt work right. with whoa, me. Whoa, 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 Air Force. <laughs> I'll slow, let's, I'll slow let's down. Let's slow it down. <laughs> simmer down. Simmer down. Simmer down, Air Force. Okay, you got to simmer down a little bit. We're, we're, we're jumping ahead, but... but in, in in the military, in the service, you really can tell the difference between leaders that are just exercising power. Sure. They're not serving. They're they're just they're just powerful leaders. Um and many times they don't last. They may not last in their position. Um and if they do, and if they're in their position for a long time, there is some kind of chaos in their unit. Right? And this works. It, it it absolutely transfers over into the church. There's a difference. Now, we know that the Bible says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Yeah. That is a foundational scripture. I believe it 100% in my heart. Um, but one of the truths is, is this is an application to God. That is, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. We are to obey the word of God. Um, and obey the things of God. And we, the Bible also says in the New Testament to obey them that have the rule over you. And we totally understand that. And I totally believe that. I'm 100% in that. But there has to become a time within a church, if you're desiring to be a leader, that you go into servant leadership and how you serve or how you are in that church goes beyond obedience. I'm not doing this just out of obedience. I'm doing it out of love. Amen, yeah. I'm learning to love what I'm doing. I'm learning to love the people that I'm serving. I'm loving the word of God. I'm loving soul winning. I'm loving the things of God. I'm loving whether if you're the youth leader in that church or you are uh, the young marriage leader, I love the people that I'm working with. I'm not just obeying the pastor and doing this but I'm loving what I'm doing. It's going beyond. I love to do what I'm doing. Um, but if you just exercise power, then you don't really, it's not love. It's not just, it's not love anymore. If you, if you're a youth leader in a church or a young marriage leader or you're whatever, you're an assistant to the pastor, it doesn't matter. If you just exercise power everywhere you go, telling someone to do, telling them to pick up the tables, People are not going to want to do it willingly. They're not. They're eventually going to stop doing what you ask them to do. Um, they're just not going to want to follow you. Right. Yeah. And I've seen this, uh, you know, you, you mentioned just loving the things that God. I know when I first came, what made me faithful was loving preaching. Like I would love hearing uh, preach messages. I would play them in my car often. Um, it's just, it's like you said, it's a gradual step um, to, to wherever you are applying to. If it's just, uh, you know, you're, you're just sitting, you're, you're a saint. Like, I mean, we're all saints. And just being in there and, and loving to, to responding to the preachings, responding when the Holy Ghost is moving in the service and you're loving that. And if you're so um, lucky to be, uh, you know, some of these positions where you can affect other people, a youth pastor or anything like that. Um, you know, there, there's, you have to love those things and, and begin to learn how to be a servant to those people and, and, and help them out in, in, in any way possible that you can. Right. So we want to get 
I mean, this, this kind of this word power in this act, in this, in this way of describing servant leadership, it, it, it really is a bad thing to exercise power because you have power. It will only work for so long. Eventually it's going to erode a relationship, whether that's the relationship between the authority that you're under or those that are under you. Uh, and I say authority, I don't mean like those that are, that you're working with in your group, those that, um, that, that you're serving or that are serving you either way. If you exercise power, just do it because I said to do it. It only lasts so long. Right. And then it's going to erode. But now we have the other flip side of this, right? So time to fly back in. Okay. <laughs> um, it's time to fly back yeah. in. Um, Coming in, coming in hot. Now you're coming in hot. Uh, is this no? Oh no, not wrong one. We're letting the dogs out. Letting the dogs out. We're letting the dogs out on this one. Drop the knowledge bombs, okay. if you will. I was looking for the the bomb one, and I, it didn't sound as good. Maybe it just didn't but make it to the board. He, here's one you can do. This is this this should get your attention. Oh, yep. Right. Yeah. Authority. This is different. Authority is the skill of getting people to do your will without being forced because of your position, but more because of your personal influence, their relationship with you. I want to do that because it's them. They asked me. You know, I, I, I want to do this because Brother Jesse asked me to do it. I love him. I want to do it. He loves me. I want to help. I want to do the best, or I want because Sergeant Pena told me to do it. Yeah, that brother Jesse's uh, a good guy. Sergeant Pena is pretty not cool a, too. Not a bad guy. <laughs> not a bad. Guy. He can be a little rough sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I guess. But authority is really something different. It's not just power. People want people want to serve, or they want to do something because they love you, because. They, they want to help you. They want to please you. It's their own free will. They're not being forced. Sure, there can still be consequences. But as a servant leader, if you can learn how to find or exercise authority, how to find authority, that's completely different. Authority over someone's will. And that can look different. It can look, it can look different from many different ways. Like For an example, someone who exercises appropriate authority... Um, if they're loved and they're respected and they've they've servant led that authority, someone's willing to put their schedule aside to come and help you. Like they're asking me to do something, and so I'm willing to put my business aside to go over there to help them because I want to go and help them. If you're gonna become a servant leader, you've got to learn about authority, right. what that yeah, means. Amen. And it's not, it is not just power. I was thinking this while you're saying all that. Do we, uh, um, is this authority, is it something that we allow someone, whether they be a, a supervisor, boss, pastor, um, youth, youth leader, something like that, do we allow them to have this authority in our lives? Like you have to, I think you have almost have to prepare your mind to say, hey, I'm going to allow this person to have some authority, like whether it's, you know, maybe advice or those well, kind ab- of. Absolutely. I'd also, well, it, I guess that's one way. Yes. I also look at it like this, okay? There's a difference between a prayer meeting when the pastor's there and when the pastor's not there. Mm, that's good, yeah. Right? So 
I mean, yes, every saint and every person should have a prayer life that's strong, that's good, and that's consistent. But that happens when they begin to respect a person's authority. So if you're a leader in a church, junior youth leader, uh, uh, junior youth leader, youth leader, and you want people to pray, you've got to make sure you're praying. Amen, yeah. And that they see you pray and that they see you active. Don't tell someone to be active in prayer when you're not active in prayer. Right? Because you're not, you're not, if, if you're not active in prayer and you're telling them to be active, you're exercising power. Right? Pray because I tell you to pray, pray actively while I just sit there and do nothing. That, it doesn't work that way. But authority gets down with you and authority prays with you. And so, you know, at, at me as a pastor, I want people's prayer life to get excited saying, just because pastor's not here doesn't mean we shouldn't pray. Let's sure. pray. Yeah. That's authority. They're doing it because they they know pastor wants to have them wants them to have a strong prayer life, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but even me as the pastor, if 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 I just tell people to pray and I'm not praying, well, then I start exercising power. Yeah, absolutely. And this this goes down at all levels. We're talking servant servant leadership here. If 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 I expect people to pray, well, let me teach them how to pray. Let me. Let me pray with them. Let me show them. Let me introduce my prayer life to them. Ex- exercise it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me inspire them. Yeah, that's good. Want to inspire them. In the service, we do the same thing. And when I was in the military, I did the same thing. I took, I, I ran one time. Um, we were doing PT. That's physical training with the soldiers in the morning. And uh, our average platoon run was two miles, right? That's the test. We would run two miles. We'd push them pretty hard. Right. Um, sometimes we'd run three for a two-mile run if we were really training for the for the, phys- the PT test. But our two-mile run as a platoon, right, on average without me there was about 16 and a half minutes, Okay. When I was in shape, now I ain't, I, I ain't running this unless now. I'm running from something. Right? I, uh, unless I'm running from something, I ain't running two and miles. Not just my problems. I'm right. talking like a bear so, or something. I'm talking when I was regular. That was, but I wasn't there. When I was running with that platoon, when I was with them, that runtime went from sixteen and a half down to like thirteen to thirteen and a half, fourteen. It 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 significantly trimmed. And it was just the inspiration of the platoon. Yes, part of it is, well, hey, Sergeant Chavez is here. Let's run. But it's also the power power aspect. It's there. Yeah. It's It's there. there, But I didn't have to tell them. Right. Right. I I don't have to exercise that. Hey, run faster because I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have to to do that. If I'm going to run faster, they're going to run faster. They're going to naturally pick up their pace. Right. I'm sure you've seen that in the Air Force. I'm sure you've seen that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I can think back to... uh, yeah, a lot of my um, experiences in this, and I'm grateful for these people, but there was another tech sergeant. Uh, that, uh, well, I remember his name, Tech Sergeant Aerosmith, and I, I want to, I'm only thinking because I think he had put on master, which, master Sergeant, which is what the rank I'm currently at. But as a young A1C, Airman First Class, I was told to go out and sweep this peak gravel out the back of our hangars. And basically what this stuff did is it, it would get stuck in the aircraft tires um, and that would induce like a uh, foreign object uh, damage to our aircraft mm-hmm. if they're in the hangars. It just it makes a mess, and we don't we don't want that because that stuff could get ingested in the engine and, and cause a lot of uh, money and damage. 
But uh, I remember he told me, hey, go out there and sweep the back. And I'm thinking, this is this is like telling someone to go in the desert and vacuum sand. It yeah. was just so much of it. But I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I'm out there. It's it's humid in Florida. It's hot. And I'm out there sweeping up all but this have you Have you ever vacuumed sand before? Is that what this is? <laughs> There's probably a picture out of us mopping <laughs> mopping in the rain. That's about the worst of it. But we have swept hangers in the desert, though I will okay, say that. Okay. So, but uh, I remember I'm sweeping up this peak gravel, and I'm thinking, oh man, this is this is it. This is where I'm at in my career, <laughs> sweeping peak gravel. And, yeah. and, and I'm and I'm kind of frustrated because um, he had told me to go do this, and I was and he was using his for sure his power. Now in, in a mean way, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share just in a minute, like I'm doing this for about 30 minutes, I'm sweating, and uh, he comes out there and he's like, all right, um, I'm up now. And he grabs a broom from me, and I'm thinking like, oh, no, I got, I got this. I already, like, you know, I already started it. I'm all sweaty. I'm, I'm already almost done. And he was like, no, I, I got it. I'll, I'll finish it up. Go take care of whatever you got to take care of. I just need – he had to go do other, you know, master sergeant things while I was just kind of like sitting in the break room not doing a whole yeah. lot. He was – you know, he, he definitely – he had that power. But then also in the same example, he shared, the, you know, an aspect of the authority where it's like, well, hey, you know what? He's willing to do it. Even though he asked Absolutely. me to do it, he's willing to put in the work as well. So it's – I had men like these – early in my career that shaped me into the leader that I am today. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so, it's so it's very powerful. common. Yeah. It's very common in the, in the military. It really is. Have leaders like this. It really is. If you want to inspire somebody, you don't inspire them by word. You'll inspire them by deed. Inspiration by word only lasts for so long. Right. right. It'll only last for so long throughout all of not just my military career, but in the ministry, in all my years of ministry, I remember people that prayed with me, not just that said that they were praying for me. Well, that's good, yeah. Right? They didn't, it, not just not the ones that said they were praying, I'm praying for you. I've had a lot of people do that, and I don't remember many of them. It's kind of as a gesture. Absolutely, and it's good. It's a great gesture. I'm glad. Thank yeah. you for thinking of me. Amen, yeah. But those that got down with praying, I can tell you specific moments and specific times that someone prayed with me, well, and it inspired me. Yeah. It's right. amazing. Yeah, it, it's, good it's, testimonies. It's, that's that servant leadership. Yeah, amen. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you. Let me, inspire, let me inspire you. So inspiring by actually doing it by by deed is such a big deal. It's it's servant. It's not just leadership. It's servant leadership. Right. Let me stop. Take time out of my day. Everything because you matter. And let me pray with you. Right. I can I can time after time I can remember that. And those are who I've aspired my life personally after in ministry. Um. I want to serve the way that they served. And that's what servant leadership really is. So many places get this concept wrong. Power and authority. So many people. And I've seen the difference in many years of ministry. Um, and and not, not a whole lot. Of course, many have had more full-time years of ministry than I have. But I've had a lot of years of ministry, and I've just seen this put time backwards. I can tell you, and, and I won't say their name, but a pastor we sat on for a long time, it was nothing to see him get down and do and work with us and do exactly what we were doing. He he was he was an inspiration by how he led us. Um, I can remember a time preparing for a tent revival that, and we were putting up the tent ourselves, and we had the stakes wow. in the ground, and we were trying to nail it in there, and we were tired and taking a break. And our pastor picked up the hammer, and there was a lot of us men, yeah. but our pastor picked up that hammer and started swinging. Oh. And it wasn't very long that all of us got yeah. 
we were inspired. Right. Like second wind hit. About ten guys were standing, <laughs> yeah. and they're and like it's sweating on the side. They're yeah, like, oh, pastor's second doing when it? pastors can't. doing. No, hey guys, yeah. go get that hammer yeah, really quick. Yeah. It was inspiring. Sure, it reverence. was it was an, it was a reverence. Yeah. It was all those things, but that comes with that. He didn't just exercise Absolutely, power; yeah. he exercised authority. And if you have the right of it, you inspire people to keep going, right? To work harder. And we got the tent up. We were on time for revival that that tent revival awesome. that night. Awesome. We had great church. So. I mean, and, and so many get this wrong. They, they, they only express one power. And if you're not careful, you can let it go to your head and you end up expressing power and expect people to do just because they told you to do. And it's absolutely wrong. And it's, it's, it absolutely, it erodes relationships. Um, and, and you'll never become the true servant leader that God expects you to come, become. If you don't understand authority, if you don't learn to exercise authority. Again, authority, the skill of getting people to do your will without being forced because of your position. But instead, it's because they love you and you've served them and they know you're not afraid to get down with them and do it. It's a powerful concept. So we hope you got something out of this. This is just our first servant leadership um, servant leadership is a big deal. Um, servant leadership, power and authority. Um, read this book. You're gonna. He's gonna talk about this this concept in this book. You're gonna love it. Um, and I'm sure we're gonna talk a lot more. I mean, I, we're gonna talk a lot about servant leadership. But I, I want. Um, if I can ask you, Pastor, what is if you had to define it in your own words? I know we've talked about example after okay. example. What is servant leadership to you? In in Kind of, how have you kind of uh, displayed it or demonstrated it? You know what? My my personal definition of servant leadership, it doesn't matter whether I'm in a position or not. I'm here to serve. It's not about me. Right. It's not about me. It's not about my needs. It's not about my wants. It's not about my desires. It's not about being told at a boy, good boy, did a good job. Which are good things. Those are those are They're great. good. They're good. Right. But if you're desiring to elevate or or you feel a call, I should say you feel a call to a different level of your relationship with God or even your your experience in life, it that next level is going to be it's not about you. And that's for me, that's what servant leadership is. It is no longer about me. How can I serve somebody else? How can I help them? How can I mentor them? How how can I help them elevate their walk with God? How can I make their walk with God better? If they're a new convert, how how can I make them a seasoned saint? Yeah. It's not about me anymore. Mm. Um it's not about my problems or my issues. A servant leader is willing to put themselves aside, right, and serve. Right. And so that's mine. My my definition of it is is just putting yourself aside and serving. It's about my brother. It's about my sister. It's about Amen, yeah. the lost. It's about how I can help my pastor. It's about how even now me as a pastor. Let's. I'm going to ask you the same question, but yes. me as a pastor, how can I make those that are going to my church life better? Right. How can I serve them? I've got to be willing to stop my busyness or my issues or whatever it is I'm going through and serve the saints of Faith Mountain 
here in California City. How can I serve them? How can I help them? And that's extending yourself. It really is extending yourself. And so even as a pastor, how can I serve those that are with me? Am I willing to wash their feet? <laughs> right. That's a big yeah, deal. That's a big deal. Right? Am I willing to wash their feet? Um, am I willing to take the time and spend it with them? So that's kind of my loose definition. I think yeah. we're going to get into more of this but of later. But my loose definition is it's no longer about you. It's about them. It's about the purpose of God and how can I serve you whether I'm in a position or not. How can I help someone else whether I am a saint or a pastor or a youth leader or a junior youth leader? Um, what can I do to serve? And if you can get that heart and mind, then you've started your journey in servant leadership. Yeah. Yours. So similar, I, I don't, I, you know, this could be very cookie cutter and I could be, you know, say, well, you know, when you put someone else's professional growth, cause I mean, being in the military and I'm, you know, at the, at the rank that I'm at, uh, that's typically the, the, uh, the role I'll play is to, you, you said one of the words was mentor people. Um, and you know, it, I only think I'm qualified, uh, you know, humbly qualified to mentor people just because I've, I've I shared a couple stories of these great men that were great examples in the way that they were using servant leadership or using their power or using their authority. But, uh, you know, I think of I take that role seriously to mentor people, to give them, um, you know, feedback, uh, you know, very sometimes it's very direct. Sometimes it just it depends on who they are. But nonetheless, it's all tailored to help them grow professionally. Uh, personally or whatever it is, I could think back to uh, feedback sessions where, you know, here we, it's the, and sometimes they'll get so uncomfortable because you're sitting there and you're, you're picking out their, their flaws and telling them how they can make them better. Or, or maybe it might be a, a, a certain example or an instance, uh, you know, maybe they were kind of snippy when you asked them to do something and you, you address that during a feedback session and say, Hey, this is what you should have done. When I said, go do this, you know, because I'm senior ranking or whatever it is, I'm I'm talking about using the power, right, right? But we're but you know there's there's it's well intended. It's like hey, we need this done for the mission or whatever it was, and we just need you to do it at that time. And later I can explain to you why that was important and what you know what your role was and why it was so important. But it's things like that in a feedback session that get pointed out, and and I can think of sometimes people will have. And they'll bring them to me just because of you know the role I am in the military. They'll bring personal p- problems to us, issues, anything like that. And uh, you got to help them. You, that's at that point in time you're taking, you're putting on your your servant leadership hat, and you're trying to help them. If I don't, if I can't, don't have a word or like a a, a solution for them, I'm gonna at least point them or resource them to the correct person to get them help, whatever it may be. But I, yeah, that's what I think of. I think mentoring is so important and, and I know it happens in our church as well. You had mentioned yep. you want to, right. you want to put on the servant leadership um, hat, if you will, and say, Hey, I'm going to, whatever it is you need to make you better, whether it be professionally, personally at home, um, you know, if you're doing any kind of business ventures or anything like that, and it's it's blessed by God, of course, you know, um, I'm going to help you be successful in these things with all the knowledge, experiences, and resources that I have, because that's how invested I am in you as a person. Absolutely. that That is such a big deal. It's such a big deal to me because a leader should really, I, I believe that all leaders should be servant leaders. And that means that the people you raise 
that are sitting under you or that you're serving, your heart should be to make them better than you are in every aspect. And like our children. Absolutely. They should be better than we are. I right. tell my son that all the time. I don't want you to be a good man. I want you to be a better man than I am. Amen. I want you to yes. be great. Right. Yeah. And the, those that you're serving in your church, in your job, wherever, um, you shouldn't be measured, in my opinion, on how well your department's running. I think you should be measured by how many supervisors have come out of your department. Uh, yeah. Right? How mm-hmm. many more supervisors that now running other departments have come out from underneath you? Because you mentored them, you worked with them, you helped them grow, um, and they became supervisors, servant leaders themselves right. in your church. I mean, are you, are you growing in ministry um, in, in your church? If I look at it from a pastor's perspective, right? We're, ex- we're trying to expand the kingdom. Am I trying to expand the kingdom of just my own four walls or am I growing the church altogether, not just across my local church right. and where I'm pastoring, but if you've got that ability, are you growing ministry that can plant churches? Are you growing someone that you know can can grow others, that can mentor others? That, well, that could go out and teach a Bible study. That can teach a Bible study, right. absolutely. Amen, yeah. I mean, if and I get it, there are some that you're starting from that beginning in that core, you know, home missions work or whatever it is, but you should constantly be on the look for someone that's willing to grow from your mentorship that can become better than you, that can teach a Bible study better than you can teach, that can relate to people better than you. Can you grow them to see that in themselves, that they can be better than you are? If you can, then you're really a servant leader because that's what a servant is. A servant wants to better those that he serves, right? He wants them to be a servant, wants their their master, so to speak, (laughs) if you can use that word. (laughs) They want them to eat better. A true servant wants them to eat better, wants them to sleep better than they do. Everything about them, they want it to be better. If you're a servant leader, those that you serve, you want them to be better in all aspects. You want to grow people. And, you know, to the subject is if you're constantly exercising power, then you're not doing that. Right. But if you're exercising authority, then you're going back and you're telling, you know, you're explaining to them, here's why we do it. Like, maybe I need you to do that right now. And then later you go back, here's why. Give them the big picture, if you will. Give them the big picture. Let them see it. Let them get, that's how they're going to get a burden for it. Give them a piece of your burden for either your department for however you're teaching Bible studies or for whatever it is, your church, help them bite onto that vision. Yeah. And if I, I was, uh, you know, before I came here, we were part of a, a home mission church and that, that's where I really developed a respect and just a, a admiration for the ministry, men of God that go to these places and they begin to, um, you know, they're called there and they set up a church there and they, and they, and they're growing it and doing all these things. And I just think, man, like I was watching all the things that, you know, my, my uh, foreign pastor before I came here had to do. And it's just amazing to just sit back and watch. It, it just, I had, I had never seen that part of the picture before. Right. And, but, but then, and then like, Hey, can you help me out with this? And and it's like you mentioned earlier, you gotta, you gotta learn to follow. You gotta learn to, you know, some of the things I was just being obedient in, um, right. you know, right. I was talking to a foreign missionary. And I was asking him um, about help 
in his burden, in his work, in his foreign country. And I, I asked him about when he uses people, right? When, when do you use somebody? Yeah. At, at what point for you in your work, in your foreign field, when do you, when do you use someone? He says, he, this is exactly what he said. They get the Holy Ghost. They get baptized in Jesus name. We're, we're going to give them a job. Get to the front line. You're getting get to the front there. line yeah. right away. Next man. If up. I wait until I think that that fish is fully clean, then I'm going to exhaust myself. He said, but I'm going to start pouring myself into that individual right away. And I'm going to try to get, you know, I'm going to develop them right away. I'm going to let, the, I'm going to let them feel like I'm interested in you, not just in your salvation, but in your overall growth. In your overall growth in every aspect of your life, and um, that was that was amazing to me. That that yeah, concept it wasn't foreign because I'm like I was like that in the service, and that's I my, was just going to mention that it's yeah. very much like the service. Um, you know, yeah, I will say in the church, obviously we use a discernment, and there's there's certain yep. fruits that they have to have things like that. But it's funny, it's interesting because just sometimes in the service, Pastor, and you'll probably agree, just a time and grade. Yep. The, you know, their, their skill level, whatever it is, yes. will qualify them, them to do what you need them to do, to step up, to be uh, basically qualified. All right, I'm going to invest in you and you're going to see, hey, this guy's, maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe his, uh, his upbringing's starting to show that he's going to only show power and no influential authority. You know, he's not going to be right. a good, you know, you can kind of begin to see what some of these future leaders are going to be. But but you invest in all of them nonetheless. Like you got to right. try to. In- what here's here's kind of the flip side of this. I have I was in the service long enough to know that there were leaders that were there that had people that had the time and grade to do the job, but they never allowed them to do it, and they they really ended up failing. The people that were underneath them, like you know, I I had a guy. He was he was an E five, and he. He had no growth. I wasn't. I I didn't get him his position of being an E five, which is a NCO. It's yeah. a non commissioned officer now yeah. for us. And I didn't get him there, but it was like I put him in this position, and he didn't know what he was doing. I put him in a, in a team leader position. He had no idea what he was doing. The previous platoon sergeant did not help him grow into the skills that he was given based on his time and grade in his schools. But when I got there, I said, "No, you've got to do your job." Because you recognize him as what he yes. was at E5. And he, it's that what is he a, is. That's the beginning stages of where you in the right. military are a leader. When I got out of the service, this guy became the next platoon sergeant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? The people will do what you inspire them to do. Right. You inspire them with authority. Absolutely. And they, they will become that. They will absolutely become that. You give them that skill. Give them that leeway. Are people going to fail? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It should be no reason for you not to be who God wants you to be. Yeah. You should still be the servant leader, grow others, try to get others to become more than what they are, pour yourself out. Eventually you're going to find that person that's going to be your right hand. And they're going to be great in the department that they were given because you've had that expectation. You've had this time and graded this time in service or whatever it is. And I understand in, in the church, yeah, we, we wait for certain things to happen. Um, but what this foreign missionary said was, you know, they, they're, they get the Holy Ghost, they're wet out of the water. I'm telling you, I'm using them. Steep learning curve. Right. I mean, this is a steep learning curve, but you know, it worked. It worked. Yeah. 
it absolutely worked. And I thought to myself, yeah, you know, we're different here in the United States. Sure, in ways that can be different. Let me inspire you. I was placed as pastor here three years ago and um, I don't know, 11 to 15 people. Yeah, that's amazing. Three years, here. we're running 60, 70 people. Right. We had a service. Uh, uh, Bishop Booker came to preach for us that morning. We had 94 people in service that morning. It was packed. Right? Yeah. It was packed. The house was <laughs> packed, back and front. What are you doing? And I'm I'm using these guys. Yeah. I'm letting them lead service. I'm letting them take offering. I'm letting yeah. them do the announcements. And we're and, we're we're learning like these yeah. men. We are we are learning on the fly, right. and it's good. Right. It's exciting. I mean, you yeah. you came here, yeah. and we're like, I mean, you were you were you came you were you were helping the other the home missionary, and you were doing a phenomenal job probably with what you were given, but putting you behind the pulpit and having you do things was yeah. way outside of your it box. Was, yeah, it was outside of my comfort zone for sure. And October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Nine months. I had to count on my fingers. I'm <laughs> I was going to put my arm, toes right? out. I was so, going to help you out with the right. toes. So yeah. nine, nine, you've been here nine months. Right. Night and day from the first time I've heard you preach until now. Night and day. Yeah. And it was just that expectation. You had it in you already to do it. Let's rise to the occasion. Here's what you do be a little more active in this and that, and you right. took it, and you're doing it. People, look, there's this saying. You've heard in the, in the world, okay, people will rise to the occasion. I don't follow this at all, okay. okay? People will fall to the level of their training. I've heard you say that before, yeah. People will fall to the level of their training. If you're a servant leader, you're going to bring people to your level, right, and when they need, we're going to train them the way they need to be trained. You're going to, they're, they're going to fall to the, if we put in the church, people are going to fall to the level of their prayer life. Yeah. So if you have helped them develop a prayer life that's strong, that's fervent, you're going to be able to trust them. They're going to at least use that. They're going to at least use yeah. that. Absolutely. Right. This is a big deal. They can go past that. Though. Look, if I had the yeah. bomb sound effect right now, it'd go. <laughs> People, yeah, people <laughs> will fall to the bootleg, level I'll try it. <laughs> of their prayer life. Yeah, sure. Right? They won't rise to the occasion. They'll fall to the level of their prayer life. And sure, so yeah. if you're a servant leader, you want to help them get to that level of a prayer life that's powerful, outreach life that's powerful, outreaching everywhere they go. They're growing within the church. I should be able to leave. If I have to, as pastor, leave and go whether it's preach somewhere else or or, or 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 I'm going on a vacation, I should have such confidence in my leaders that they will make powerful church happen without yeah, me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make church happen. Yeah. You're gonna make There's, prayer pre service prayer. So that's what God wants. We're absolutely. gonna make it happen. Yeah. That that is it. And I'm not gonna do that just through power, but through authority. I'm yeah. gonna inspire them to do it and become that. And and that's what's happened here in California. So I believe that. And I, I I humbly say we've just poured ourselves out. My wife Amen, and I have yeah. just humbly poured ourselves. And my boys, we have poured ourselves out. We're no different. I'm no different preaching behind the pulpit if there was 11 or 60. Yeah. It's the same way. And I want every man that's in our church that aspires for either ministry or to be leadership, servant leader in the church, that they don't, they don't teach or preach any different if there's only five people in service or if we have 60. 
It doesn't matter. Your heart is just as strong. Um, and, 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 and your, your spirit is just as strong. Your prayer life is where it's supposed to be. And that's a big deal. Amen. Yeah. This is servant leadership. I know it sounded like we were closing earlier, but, um, <laughs> we did have a little bit more to go through. Yeah. I, was just, I, yeah, I did have a thought on that. I just, uh, want to elaborate on, uh, just how you, uh, you know, I really like that you said that through, through, it's just the things that I've watched you do here, pastor. And, kind of uh, tooting your horn here, <laughs> but it's just because the things that I've watched you empower, just the way you empower other men that I've watched. And I'm like, Hey, how, you know, how long has that guy been here? You know? And you're like, Hey, this guy's only been here about a year, year and a half. And I'm just amazed to see their growth, to see the things that they're doing. And I've been, you know, I've been in this for you know yeah. quite some time now. And it's just, but just to watch these men, the way you empower them. And, and I really think it put a desire in them that like, hey, he trusts me with this, right? right? And, you know, he could, and I know maybe sometimes it is just out of obedience, like, hey, pastor said we need to take care of this. And, and you know, I don't bother to ask why, but if I did, you know, let me treat it like as a military. Well, do you know why? And, and they were like, well, no, pastor didn't really tell me why. And, you know, me yeah. using my military mind, I'd be like, he'll tell you why later. Don't worry right. about that. He's going to tell you why. But you're growing. like. Yeah. And, and but you have to follow up and go tell them why later. Exactly. Yes, sir. Don't skip that. Right. Right. Don't, it's important. Don't. It's crucial to their it development is. and growth. Yes, By sir. far. Absolutely. Right. And that's, and our people have bought onto holiness. They have bought onto soul winning. Yeah. I haven't had to do a lot of preaching on it. A lot, a lot. They've just, they've gone out and sought it out. Now there are still things that, of course, we're going to grow and learn and everybody's going to, but I do. I trust, um, the vast majority of those that are here. Um, and it, it, God knows what he's doing. Amen. Yeah. Right. And if we, we do, we trust others the way God trusts us. And this is going to work out. It's going to work out. Um, servant leadership's a big deal. This concept of power and authority is a big deal. How we treat others, how we serve others as leaders, servant leadership, night and day from just leadership. And I know we've used the word leadership, but please understand we're not just talking about leadership. We're talking about servant leadership. There is a difference between plain leadership and servant leadership. Um, and we're not trying to challenge anybody else or any other, anybody else's theory um, on this. This is our personal belief. This is where we're at. This is the experience as a pastor, as a military member, as a veteran that I have had through the years when I was in active service and then as being an evangelist for five years and now pastoring for three years, assisting at a local church, junior youth leader, men's leader, years of ministry experience, um, and the mentors and men that I have had in my life about certain leadership. This is what I've learned and it's what I believe in, um, and and I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited about this leadership style and 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 to give this and share this with others that can pick up something, right. that can pick up something, learn and become better themselves. All right, wow, that's good. That was that was really good. I'm excited to keep talking about this and digging in and learning more. And it's just this is. You know, I want to say this is one of the things that where you were saying like, yeah, ask me to do things that were not natural. This is not natural, but I'm so excited to um, that we're we're doing this as our first episode. Uh, we are we are. I'm sure we're going to dive deep into this and and have other things that come up. Uh, but I'm just glad to see what God's going to do with this uh, this podcast. Yeah. So I hope you got something out of this um, brief introduction to myself. I'm Pastor Chavez and, and Brother Jesse Pena. Brief introduction of us. A little bit of our background, what qualifies us to talk about this, even if 
I mean, we would consider ourselves qualified. <laughs> right. I'm still definitely a learner. Yeah, myself um, as well. I've got some great men in my life, great elders in my life. My pastor, Brother Bertram, Elder Brother Howard, Brother Sam Howard. And I, I just, I have a, a great group of men that are constantly teaching me and that I'm accountable to. Um, and, and I mean, we, we're, we are very excited about sharing our experiences with, uh, servant leadership. We hope you get something out of this. Our, our desire is to expand the kingdom, Amen, make the yeah. kingdom of God a better place. Um, and by all means, our experience doesn't speak for everyone. No. Right. Nor, nor does it really speak. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want my opinions or views to be uh, misconstrued as that's what the Air Force or the Department of Defense thinks. Like, I'm just, I'm someone who is learning. Um, you know, this is, this is a, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about living for God. The military thing is something that I, I did, you know, 19, some change years ago. And um, this is the church thing has helped me. Living for God has helped me so much in becoming not only a better leader, but just a better person all around. And and I'm, I I know uh, people that probably knew me, you know, years ago, years ago before I was saved, uh, you know, they would probably notice a night and day difference between the way that I was even either as a military member, leader, whatever, to what I am now. And that's all that's all because of God. Amen. So, again, we hope you got something out of it and just. As a clue in the future, so the podcast, the title of its frontline, right? The subtitle right now is "Servant Leadership" in a nutshell. Um, but that's going to change. It, it does. It's not going to remain the same. We may not always do servant leadership. You're definitely going to get a lot of that for a while, especially as we discuss this book. We feel like this is a great platform to start off and to leap off from a great foundation of servant leadership. It's a big deal, but. Next season or five months from now or three months from now, you know, God may prompt me with the, the next topic for this, um, for this podcast and you'll get a new subtitle. Who knows? Maybe it'll be marching along for the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, it, it who, who knows? We're learning. Um, this <laughs> We're is learning. new We're to growing. us. I'm yeah. venturing. This is something I've definitely prayed about for a long time. Um, but this is new. I've never done anything like this. Um, never thought about doing anything like this, but I've had some elders that have, uh, not necessarily, well, they've asked me about starting this podcast, but really also about, um, uh, talking about leadership and servant leadership and my experience, uh, in the service and in the ministry, because it can be unique from a lot of, a lot of ways. So, um, we look forward to, uh, future episodes. Hopefully you've got something out of this one, this introduction to servant leadership. We look forward to diving deeper into some topics, um, that are really going to bless you and bless the kingdom of God. Um, hopefully bless you as someone who desires to be a servant leader in the church. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.